everybody, welcome back to another podcast episode here. And it's been a while since I've done one of these, so I do apologize. Um, anyhow, let's kind of get into a little bit of the news. We're going to start off with the Moto Razor refresh. Now, this is making headlines only because it's reviving um, an older, popular device from Motorola, which, I mean, uh, I've had one. I've had several, actually, several Moto Razors. I remember the Moto Razor V3A. I remember the Motorola V3C, the Motorola V3M. Um, I've had three so far, including the, the, the Fire Red Edition, uh, which came out on Amp Mobile before they shut down. And that's where I actually got the uh, V3M Fire Red Edition from. So the Moto Razor was a very popular device back in the day. Um, compar- comparable to the... Uh, iPhone of today, because uh, Apple released the the iPhone, the very first iPhone in 2007, I believe it was, 2000, yeah, 2007, and um, before that, the Moto Razor was like the phone to have. In between, some um, PDAs came out, like um, like the Moto Q, um, what was the other ones, uh, I can't think of the other PDAs that came out that were, you know, almost BlackBerry-like. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> the Razer phones was like the phone to have. I mean, people were literally trying to get their hands on one. And then uh, Motorola kind of played off of that and came out with like the Moto Crazer, which was a more narrow, smaller version of the Razer. And also the Moto Sliver, which was a non-flip phone candy bar style. Um, and, you know, those phones sold very, very, very well. Uh, those are the phones to really have. Um, as a matter of fact, when people would jump ship from one carrier to another, they would really try to get those phones unlocked so they can take them to another carrier. Uh, most notably going to Sprint from like, say, AT&T uh, was the hardest one because AT&T was GSM, Sprint was CDMA. And so the technology wasn't really compatible there. Uh, but people were definitely going for that. So fast forward now, and we have the Moto Razor now with a foldable display, and it's pretty awesome except for the pricing the pricing would be the one thing that i would definitely say uh is where people are really frowning upon uh fourteen hundred dollars actually fifteen hundred dollars is four is one thousand four hundred and ninety nine dollars for the moto razor not too happy about having that especially with the specifications of the device you know 2500 milliamp hour battery snapdragon 710 and six gigabytes of ram with 128 gigabytes of internal storage and no expandable memory i believe there's no expandable memory um really kind of puts it at like why fifteen hundred dollars for it uh could it necessarily be for the folding display could it and a lot of people are starting to think that that's exactly what it is. It's because it has a foldable display. Now, there is an Easter egg in the new Moto Razor that you must find that will actually trigger the UI to shift and change to make it look like the original Razor from back in the day, which means the bottom half of the display will um, display that quirky dialing pad that was on the original Moto Razors. And then the top half would be the viewing screen itself for, you know, looking at like, Facebook, YouTube, and things like that. Uh, and so, yeah, you initially trigger T9 texting that way, which, you know, I really wouldn't recommend it. T9 texting is just, man, if you really had to use it back in the day, it was very stressful. Like, that, I think this is the reason why arguments never really happen over text messaging, because people weren't going to waste the time to use T9 text to try and 
and text out a long statement to try to get their point across to their significant other. In an argument, they would just do it over the phone through phone call or just wait till they see each other in person. But now people will argue over text messaging because not only do they have, you know, a QWERTY keyboard that's touch keyboard on their smartphones, but they have the ability to use voice to text so they can just shout into the microphone. But uh, um, let me tell you guys right now, I wouldn't suggest that because sometimes the microphone will mistake your words. And if you're not paying attention and you're shouting a long, a long um, paragraph, you may not catch all the autocorrect typos that's going to happen. And so your argument will be dead on arrival. But yes, there is a way to trigger a uh, retro look to the new Razer. And you know what? The Razer actually looks pretty good. I mean, I've, I've seen um, photos of it. I've seen how it looks. I've seen video footage of it. And you know what? It really looks like the Razer from back in the day. There's really... Um, it it really grabs that that piece of nostalgic moto razor and incorporates it with modern um modern um software and just slight optimizations nowadays but i mean one thing that people are arguing about is that this phone has a snapdragon 710 and the 710 is not going to bring longevity to this device so at $1500 you're literally buying the device to be able to use for maybe at its maximum performance one year but after that year, the 710 is not going to age well with time. And so, therefore, you will start to see it's going to get very laggy. It's going to be, have, you know, full of hiccups. Maybe future security patches is actually going to do more harm than good. These are things that you're going to have to think about when you're really debating and you're on the fence. Are you going to spend $1,500 on the Moto Razor? And that's $1,500 before tax. Now, you could go the route because this device is going to be exclusive to Verizon. You could go the route of trying to get it on Verizon with payments. But I believe the payments is going to be $62 and some change per month on top of a $300 down payment and basically a commitment of um, 24 months or maybe yeah, 24 months, I think it is, two years. And that's going to be a huge, 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 huge um, disadvantage, uh, considering that the longevity of the device is going to be at question all the time. And that's the thing that I think people must be more concerned about when purchasing a smartphone. It's not so much the name of the phone, what logos it has, or what kind of like you know gimmicky features that it can present to you, so you have a little bit more functionality out of your phone. But it's the longevity of the device. If you're spending fifteen hundred dollars, I definitely would think I would get five years out of that device instead of one year. Why did they go with the Snapdragon Seven Ten? No one is specifically sure why. Um, honestly, I really do think they could have at least put the Snapdragon Eight Thirty Five or the Snapdragon Eight Forty Five in it and be able to keep it at that price of 1500 or make it go less. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure what Motorola was thinking, other than they probably were thinking that since the Moto Razor was so successful, they would be able to have the same success with this device. So anyhow, um, you guys let me know if you are interested in getting the Moto Razor. Are you going to buy it out full price, out of pocket, or are you going to technically um, – you know, do monthly payments on it. You definitely let me know here. Um, we're going to go ahead and switch tracks here in a second and talk about visible party pay and uh, that coming right after this message. And so let's get you guys up to date with visible party pay. This actually being interesting because a lot of people who were possibly interested in visible mobile or visible wireless, the NBNO under Verizon wireless that relies, 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 on uh, 
it's a, a cloud-based uh, mobile service provider. So a lot of the things is basically done by cloud. Um, they don't have any physical stores for you to walk in and buy a device or sign up for service. Basically, you go to visible.com. Uh, you basically sign up for service. They mail you out a SIM card that you would place into your device. They only allow a few Android devices, but most of uh, um, Apple iPhones are supported. And yes, it's $40 a month flat, no taxes and fees added on top of that. $40 a month for unlimited talk, text, and data. And you also get unlimited mobile hotspot as well. There's no thresh point for the mobile hotspot. You could use that. Now, if you get a visible device, you can only link up with one device on your mobile hotspot. However, if you bring your own device, such as a Pixel device or a unlocked um, Samsung Galaxy device, I think it's the Galaxy 9, um, then you actually can connect more than one device to the mobile hotspot. But recently, recently, a call to arms, people wanting a family plan with Visible, Visible finally answered within a form of what's called Visible Party Pay. Now, this is very reminiscent to another company who did a very similar thing. We're talking about Sprint, and we're talking about Sprint's Framily. You guys remember that service plan? Sprint Framily, where you didn't necessarily have to be a family to get discounts. Literally, you would just basically share your code to have people connect with your family circle. And by having more people in your circle meant more discounts per user on that circle. Well, Visible Party Pay is almost the same way, except it doesn't allow any more than four people in one Visible Party Pay. And the reason why is that your normal line on Visible would be $40. For having two people on Party Pay, it would be $35. For having three people on Party Pay, Party Pay, it would be $30 each. And for having four people, it would be $25 each. So literally a total of $100. But it's not like one person has to pay the balance for everybody. That's not how it works. Everybody pays their own individual bill. So let's say myself, you, and two other people are on one party pay. I pay 25, you pay 25, the other two people pay 25. Now, if one of the people closes their account, then our bill goes up to $30 because then we're only three people on the party pay. We would have to look for a fourth person, which there are various ways that you could actually go ahead and get people to join your party. Just share your link on Twitter, hashtag visible party pay, and somebody is going to reach out to you because that's what I did with my party pay. I have two people on there that I don't know personally and one person that I do. And I actually raffled off a spot in my party pay so that people can enjoy the discount savings. I have four people currently right now. So the, the, the four of us are paying $25 per month. Now, the caveat to that is, is that the um, credits that you would receive for referring somebody to Visible, which was $20, which cut your bill in half, those will no longer apply. So if you started your own Visible party pay or joined someone's Visible party pay, you may notice that for this one time only, you're going to get that credit for a referral and the party pay credit. So this past uh, November 9th, I didn't pay anything on my visible bill because the credits that I had plus the party pay credit for setting up, because if you were the person who set up a party pay, you got a one-time promo credit of $15. So that $15 plus the $20 that I got for a referral um, would have brought my bill down to only $5. But for some reason, Visible decided to charge me $0 November 9th. So my next bill would actually be $25 on December 9th. And that is for having the party pay um, discount savings. So 
you know, not a bad thing. People are like, oh, well, you know, I can see this flopping or whatever. But I actually think this is a good way to go about it because you necessarily don't have to force your entire family to be on Visible for you to get the savings, right? You can get it from another Visible user who's not part of a party pay. Um, and so that would definitely work out as far as getting savings. Now, think about it. It's four lines for $100 technically, but it's four lines for $100 that don't have to be directly connected to the main account holder. So while there is a leader or yeah, the leader of the party pay group doesn't necessarily mean that he has to have any information from your account for you to join his or hers party pay circle. Um, the only thing that, that comes with that is the fact that they see you, that you're in their party pay circle, but they don't see any private information of yours whatsoever. So if you're worried about privacy, look no further and rest assured that privacy is there because the only thing that matters is the fact that they accepted, uh, well, you sent them a request to join your party pay. Um, they requested back and you accepted them into your circle. And that's pretty much it. You don't get physical addresses. You don't get names of businesses or employment. You don't get social security numbers. You don't get none of that from any of the people that join your party pay, just their first name. And that is it. And yeah, so I have no problems with it. I don't really see anything bad coming out of it. And again, this is all on Verizon's network. So yes, it's you know very, very reliable depending on where you're at. I like to emphasize that part because yes, believe it or not, even though Verizon is the number one in the country, there are places where Verizon does have a very weak connection. And so therefore, if that place is you, then I would definitely not try out for visible service. So yes, um, my party pay is pretty much booked in full, but you can always find them either on, um, you can find them on some of my YouTube videos. Some people have posted their link to their party pay circle in my YouTube video talking about it. Um, so if you're looking for a spot to basically get yourself some discounts on your visible wireless service, definitely head over to that video on YouTube. It is basically youtube.com forward slash Tito Escobar. That is the URL to get to my channel and you find that video on visible party pay and you can find some people who posted their party pay links and join up with them as mine's is full. However, if someone does leave my party pay, I definitely will let anyone know on Twitter. So always follow me on Twitter to know what's going on on my day-to-days and what I'm thinking currently at the moment. So again, right now we're going to take a listen to this quick little message here, and then we're going to go to our final topic, which is again, the Pixel 4. And finally, at the end of this podcast today, we're going to be talking about the Pixel 4 again, but really we're just going to kind of sum it all up here. The Pixel 4 is the most controversial phone in 2019. I don't think anyone could disagree with me with that because there are people who like it. There are people who dislike it. There are the flip-floppers that's happening right now who released statements and videos about how they frown upon the Pixel 4 and are now releasing videos that they love the Pixel 4. Let me say this right now. You cannot make a full descriptive educational um, perspective on the Pixel 4 unless... You've used the phone longer than seven days. Seven days is not enough to get a real feel for how the device is going to perform. Anyone who follows smartphones, anyone who knows about smartphones knows that the first several boot-ups of the phone, you're going to iron out the kinks. You're going to have to iron out the battery life because the battery is probably going to consume faster or consume slower or whatever based upon your usage. Once the phone has learned your 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 pattern, your usage, how you use the device, and with a battery, the adaptive battery, the optimization of battery, then you will actually see what kind of battery life you're going to get. As far as all the other things like wide angle, shut up about it because not everybody was so concerned about it. Google even said it themselves. Wide angle is great. 
but people like to zoom in more when they take their shots. And that's what the telephoto coupled with the normal camera sensor does. It allows you to zoom in and get a clearer shot with less noise in the photo than it does um, when you zoom in without telephoto. So that's the reason why they placed that there. If you absolutely need wide angle, then, then pick a device that has wide angle, okay? Because crying about it and yelling about it is not gonna make the pixel grow a ultra wide angle lens. That's not gonna happen. Now there are adapters that you can place on these phones that have fisheye lens and possible ultra wide angle. You can go that route, look on different websites, maybe Amazon, you might find something for that. But let's get over it. It's not gonna change it in the much. The more that we complain, does not mean it's gonna grow that camera sensor. Get over it, okay? Um, now, I am, in fact, going to get the Pixel 4. As a matter of fact, I am going to wait till about February or March when this thing goes on a discounted sale. Because that's the two things that I look for when it comes to the Pixel devices is I get them later so that way all the bugs and issues that come with the Pixels, because that's one of the things that Google absolutely fails at, is the fact that when they release their new hardware with the latest version of Android, for some reason, it's not well optimized and it has a few issues and kinks that happens to it. Google, get your stuff together. But that's one of the reasons why I wait till later on because I wait until the next batch of, of built Pixel 4s come out. So then that way I know that a lot of the issues that's happened in the past with the original Pixel 4s that came out on launch aren't present with the device that I purchased. The other reason why is because it's going to go on sale. I'm going to buy it at a markdown. Now, it's $799. People are complaining about that. But thank goodness it's not $1,000 and higher for the base model at 64 gigabytes. That much we have to appreciate. And again, everything is greater at a markdown. I'm not going to argue that point. So to, to just wait until it goes down in price. Why are we screaming right now for it that it should have been $599? Just wait until it goes down in price. Why do you have to have it right away? That's the thing that baffles me. It's like, why do you have to have it on launch? The moment that you even post on Instagram that you got the brand new Pixel 4 two days after release, yeah, you'll get about 137 likes. And then after that, that photo is irrelevant. And you yourself will become irrelevant because no one has an award or a check waiting for you just because you bought the phone at launch. No one was there with a check and an award for someone who bought an iPhone 11 day of launch. And that's how it goes. Just wait until it goes down to the price that you're comfortable paying for it and then buy it at that price. That's what I'm going to say to the people out there and close out this whole discussion debate about the Pixel 4. Will I get the 4XL or the 4? I'm opting for the 4. I like smaller phones. Other people will disagree with me, and that's totally fine. But I'm not worried about the battery life because I keep a power bank with me. I have charging ports in my car. I am not worried about it dying on me throughout the day. There are people who buy the 4XL who continue to charge their phone in the car, so what's the point of even striving to have all-day battery if you're not going to let the battery run all day? If you're going to charge it at 50%, you're crazy. You shouldn't be doing that with your smartphones anyways. Let your phone get down to 20% and then put it on the charger so you're not degrading the battery faster in your devices. That's all I'm going to speak upon that. I am getting the Pixel 4. Hopefully they still have some Oso oranges by then. I doubt they will because that's an exclusive color. So I'm definitely going to go for the clearly white option. Which option and storage I'm going for? 64 gigs because I don't use a lot on my phone. And I have Google One Cloud Storage. And I have my Chromebook for a lot of the heavy stuff. I'm not worried about it, but that's me. You don't have to agree with how I use my smartphones. You use it the way you want to. So anyways, guys, that is it. 
for today's podcast episode. Let me know what you guys think. Give me some interesting feedback. You guys can leave your vocal responses. I will definitely listen to them. If you're following me on different um, podcast source publications, I really appreciate that. And I am so, so sorry that I haven't been able to do any episodes in the last month or so. I am coming back. A lot of things are changing around. I am coming back. So definitely stay tuned. Keep it locked here on Aloha Android. Thanks for listening. And as always, Aloha. Thank you.